You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What the Business Podcast. Today we have Ryan Wallace. He is not only a good friend of mine from high school, if you can believe it, grade 10 we met, um, but he is also a really, really smart, very intelligent person who knows a lot about business, a lot about sales and marketing and communication. So I thought he would be a great guest and he absolutely proved us right with this episode. He gives such great pieces of advice and we get talking about all sorts of things relating to um, clients and how to best serve them, products and systems you can come up with and place in your business to help level you up and help scale your business larger and that barely covers the surface. We get into so many other things. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. If you have not rated or reviewed on iTunes, please go do that on um, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. And if you're interested in getting some bonus questions with each episode, then you can head to my Patreon because I have a $4 tier and a $7 tier, um, but each one will get you those extra bonus questions that I ask each interviewee each week. So it's just extra goodies and content and tips and advice. Check it out at the very least. And yeah, I'll see you there. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for being here on the podcast today. <laughs> hey, Josie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No worries. So to all the listeners, Ryan and I have been friends since high school at grade 10. And um, we've both gone our own separate ways. And Ryan's super successful and killing it now. And happy to call him a friend. (laughs) (laughs) And Josie abandoned me to move to Ottawa on the other side (laughs) of the country. So I'm just here in Calgary, doing it on my own. Just (laughs) Just waiting for the day that you move to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, so to start, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do, your history in business, all that jazz. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know where to start this story, but, um, I guess most recently, so I've graduated the university of Calgary. I finished with my business degree. Um, I did that in the last couple of years. And ever since then I've grown a passion for working with entrepreneurs. So I went into university, um, interested in business because I really have enjoyed doing marketing. Um, Growing up, I was always really involved in media. I was a performing arts kid. I did a lot of uh, kind of theater things. And anyways, I I always enjoyed talking to the media and really enjoyed kind of the communication side of marketing. So that kind of took me into university. And that was when, you know, I started trying out different areas. Um, of business from accounting and finance, but we, uh, my university, they started a new entrepreneurship program. And that was kind of where I got uh, exposure to starting your own business. Um, And yeah, that was kind of, I I TA'd for the course and I, growing up, I, when I was a kid, actually my family 
actually, so when I was a kid, my, my first exposure to entrepreneurship, I remember this when I was younger, um, my mom would always give me my brother's clothes as hand-me-downs. And so I told my mom, I was like, I put my fist down. And I was like, mom, I don't want to wear Jason's hand-me-downs anymore. <laughs> and she was like, well, Ryan, how are you going to pay for clothes? And this is probably like, this is like grade, probably end of grade six, beginning of grade seven. And I was just like, oh, good question. So I went around my neighborhood and I put up flyers for cutting lawns and it was $20 a lawn and I would do like the edging and everything. And I, um, anyway, so I put up all these flyers and then all of a sudden I had like, I was doing like three lawns a day throughout the summer months. And I was like, I have so many lawns to cut. I'm going to up my prices. I up my prices hoping I would cut a couple of, I would get rid of a couple of like clients. And sure enough, nobody fired me. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> and so that was really my first exposure to entrepreneurship growing up. And anyway, so I, in university, I really got to um, focus in on that more. I, I learned a lot. And ever since graduating, I've worked for small business leaders. I've worked in small businesses, mostly in the tech industry. Um, but tech is so broad, I think, uh, I've gotten to work in digital automation in banks, for example, and now I'm working for a health tech company and a private equity company. So there's a lot of different things that I'm getting to put my, put my hands into and I'm learning a lot. So that's really, I guess, a bit about me and why I like entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And um, the company you work for now, talk about them and what you do there. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of split my time between two, two groups. So one is called Castex Ventures and Castex Ventures, they really help, um, they really help entrepreneurs commercialize their ideas. So um, they're really focused in on life sciences and they work with a lot of researchers who have, you know, been doing their life's work. They've been researching, um, things in the medical community or the medical realm, whether that's from asthma to stroke or chronic pain. Um, and basically they just have these ideas and they don't know kind of how to turn them into businesses. Um, so at Castex, I really help them on that front because I help them commercialize their ideas. So, you know, we have partners in the firm who help them with their business strategy, their business plans. And then I kind of take those business plans and their strategy. I, I'm allowed to provide input on it as well as kind of take them and run with them and help make them kind of real companies. So um, that could be anything from setting them up on the internet to releasing, to releasing press releases about what they're doing and, um, you know, working with our community partners to get them the right exposure and connecting them with the right people in the community. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one side of what I do. And then on the other side of what I do, I work as the director of marketing and operations for a company called Datafinity Health. Um, and Datafinity, they really focus in on uh, patient registries. So this is kind of complicated and I won't go into a, a long elaborate explanation of what patient registries are, but essentially if there is an opportunity to organize patients in a community around a specific disease area, um, usually whether it's a nonprofit or a charity or maybe it's a pharmaceutical company or a university or anything like that, they'll set up a patient registry to help connect 
um, with the patients who have certain conditions. So, you know, maybe they can do research in that area or they can help support um, the patient organization and their goals or kind of make an impact in their health community. Um, and so, yeah, what I do on the marketing and on the marketing and operations front is, you know, Datafinity is in their early days. They've been, you know, the founders of the company have been doing it off the side of their desks for years. And now everybody's kind of quit their full-time jobs and are doing this full-time. And they brought me in because they need someone to really help them drive their kind of communications and operations side of things. And um, so, yeah, it's been a really steep learning curve. There's been, we've been moving really fast. We've been bringing in a lot of new clients and new customers. And um, I've been learning a lot about science. I've never had really a scientific background, um, but talking with physicians and talking to the scientists who are working in the background has been a really informative process for me. So I've mm -hmm. been learning a lot. Yeah, that's really interesting for sure. And like totally different from CastX <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's like a little bit of overlap and the partners at CastX, they advise Datafinity. So um, I kind of get to get exposure on both sides of things. And yeah, I've been really enjoying the work that I'm doing. And I'm about three months in at Datafinity Health and I, I've been really enjoying it. So that's good. Um, so going to CastX, you uh, basically help these individuals like scale to be really big. So what are some things that help them scale or maybe some things that set scaling really large back? Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think one thing that I really like about Caltex is the values that we try to approach everything through. So when you're working with companies and working with entrepreneurs, I think it's really important that you are both on the same page in terms of, of your values. And um, that goes just down to the basics of um, ethics and trust. Um, at the end of the day, we're building partner relationships that will hopefully last a really long time. Um, and so we want to make sure that our values are aligned in terms of, you know, what our goals are and really understanding how we work together. Um, that communications and trust is really a really important thing that um, Castex really values. Um, I think in terms of what's holding people back is uh, from their scalability goals is finding the right people to do the right work. Um, you know, these researchers, they have scientific backgrounds, they're MDs, they have really robust experience in a clinical setting or in a research environment. But the realm of business is a totally different world. You can have an amazing idea, but if you don't have, you know, the business skills to drive it and grow it um, and to nurture it, that's kind of, that's really what can hold it back. And you're seeing this in so many incubator programs across Canada. Um, there's new incubators popping up left, right, and center um, that are helping people with this. Um, I think the difference with Caztex is that our partners are very involved. Like some of our partners hold, hold executive roles in the companies that they're running, um, that, they're, that we're working with. Um, and I think that's really important because it shows that Caztex is willing to kind of get their hands dirty and do the work and do the heavy lifting. You know, when we say a company needs to take a look at their intellectual property and protect it, 
we will take the steps to make that happen, right? We're mm -hmm. not leaving it in this researcher's court to go and find a intellectual property lawyer. We kind of bring the right, the right skills around the table. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like a lot of times when I talk to people who have bigger companies or corporations, they tend to outsource everything and they just focus on what their job is and their niche like skill set is. And I think that's one of the biggest commonalities or one of the biggest differences, I guess, between independent business owners and big companies is that independent business owners just take it all on. Yeah. Um, and I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't, or you should try not to, once you hit a certain point, at least like start to bring on team members and stuff. For sure. And it's easy to kind of say, oh, I'll figure that out. And, you know, next thing you know, you've got like 10 things that you need to figure out. And, you know, are you driving on the timeline that you want, right? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if you're, it depends what your goals are, right? And, um, it can you can take a while and drive towards and take you can take a long time and try to figure out everything on your own but it's probably not sustainable to do everything on your own in the long run right yeah, so yeah. i think trying to find that balance is really important and it's really difficult um i feel like a lot of people are figuring that out and um it's just about trial and error mm -hmm. yeah for sure um so then what is your like more day-to-day -day style, like what type of marketing things are you working on with these individuals and researchers to get them where they want to be? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, so I really focus on, um, I think it's about, I think initially when I start working with these companies or these individuals is it's really about nailing down what their value is and really understanding that impact that they have in the marketplace and the potential like impact that they have in the marketplace. Um, and it really depends on what the strategy is for that specific company. So say for example, a researcher is trying to raise funds for a clinical trial, you know, we could do that through a couple different avenues that could be non-dilutive funding, which is, you know, going looking for government grants. Um, there could be the other path of going to um, other kind of private equity firms or going to other institutions that will provide funding for equity. Um, and so if you're doing that, you know, you need to be very conscious of how are you community, how are you selling your company to those individuals. So I would say I do a lot of presentation work. I do a lot of like website work, um, but also it comes down to kind of some of the news and trying to frame things in a way that's interesting to investors. On the other side of things, um, I do quite a bit of work on communicating with other businesses. So whether that's um, pharmaceutical companies or um, trying to develop the partnerships between firms. Um, that's kind of also an element of what I do. Um, and yeah, like, I guess at the end of the day, it's just about really nailing down what the value is and then determining what the best channels are to disseminate that value. So if that's social media, so be it, but it could also be press releases or, you know, websites or um, other sales presentations or kind of, it could be anything really. So um, yeah. Have you seen a change over the last year um, because of COVID with how, like, uh, how best to market 
because things are more digital now or just like the the world has changed what's has that affected marketing from your side yeah i think that's a great question i think um i think it's given more of a push to this online realm you know i think companies who weren't doing online marketing now they kind of have to um there's less like in person I think Zoom is a great tool and I think Zoom, you know, it, it's like really become a major tool in a lot of businesses. And I think there's these new opportunities now to work smarter and more efficiently through leveraging tools like Zoom. Um, but you see that in, you know, how we work together. Like, you know, I have shared drives with clients or there's like new ways of just like working together and collaborating. And I think that's where the biggest adjustment has been since COVID has started is I think, you know, there's less in-person meetings, which I am okay with. I think, you know, these Zoom meetings, they are just like back to back to back now. And, you know, you don't have to walk anywhere. You can just leave, you can just sit in your chair. Um, but I think it also goes without saying that, you know, now everybody's working in silos, they're working from home and you have to really leverage your online platforms and your tools and really configure them properly. Otherwise it can be a huge kind of hold back. Um, but I guess like on the marketing front, like, yeah, I, I would just say, I think it's been happening anyways. I think things have been going online already. Um, I think it's been happening slowly. I think COVID-19 has probably just kind of pushed that a bit faster. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then going into 2021, how do you think marketing or do you think marketing and communications will change once kind of the dust settles a bit more from this? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, well, it's really interesting. So I know I just, I literally just read an article yesterday about some of the changes that Apple is rolling out to Um, for kind of uh, mobile tracking on apps on your iPhone. And, you know, people are going to have to consent to being tracked online. That that consent is going to be like upfront now rather than it's being implied and buried in a list of terms and conditions. Um, So I think 2021 is going to be a really big uh, change in terms of, you know, us getting a better understanding of privacy I think companies like Apple, they have been talking about that for years, but now that's that's going to start trickling down into, you know, how we run social media advertising. Um, and it's not even just social media advertising, you know, your ads are being tracked when you're just logging on a web, web browser, right? So I think marketers and advertisers are going to have to really th- take a step back and look at their channels and try to strategize, you know, how, how to get around that or not necessarily get around that, but how to, um, how to more effectively support their strategies going forward to kind of support their business and everything. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned working smart and I love that work smart, not hard. Uh, do you have any tips or things you implement either individually or through the companies you work with to work smart and strategically, especially now, I mean, working from home, obviously that changes the game too, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I'm a people person and I think having, taking the time to jump on a phone call with someone and there not being an agenda, like I think it's so easy now 
um, when we're working, when we're trying to work smart, we start to get into this planning mode and calling your coworker can become this hugely like this major business transaction of, you know, we need to talk about these specific topics, but I think it goes back to relationships. So I think the first step to working smart is focusing on your relationships because that is so important. I think having a company that's working online now, you still have to think about your corporate culture because I don't know, you, you don't, you don't want every time you call your colleague to be something about something that you need, right? It's, I think it's about developing that relationship, but there's so many tools now. And um, whether it's like, I mean, all the companies that I've worked with use Microsoft Teams. Um, we're using Zoom. Um, I've started kind of getting a better understanding of some of the, uh, some of the opportunities that tools like, um, Zapier can can provide. So yeah. we've started building some integrations between some of our apps, between you know Microsoft Teams and SharePoint and some of the other tools that we're working with. So yeah, I think there's a really big learning curve. Um, I think being a tech savvy kind of individual, um, I've always found technology as an opportunity to improve the way we're doing things. So, um, but there's so many new things coming out every day so it's really hard to keep up on everything but um yeah i don't know i think working smart though really starts with the relationships that you have with your coworkers, um and then kind of using the tools to support that so mm -hmm. um at the end of the day every company is works differently and you know because there's so many apps out there there's a lot of a lot of them do similar things so it's just about figuring out what what your company needs and what works best for you yeah yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Um, so are there any tools that you, or like, do you want to help maybe dissect for some listeners what types of marketing tools you use or there are out there and what types of audience they reach, they help reach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, having a, I think having a good marketing tool starts with your customer relationship management. Um, and so having a good CRM is really the foundation to that. Um, it's so important when you're working with teams, especially, especially in sales teams who are talking to customers every day. You know, if you have more than one salesperson working on your team, then, you know, there could be multiple interactions with multiple companies and, you know, everybody needs to stay informed and having a strong CRM that's configured to the way that you're doing things is really important because you can lose the customer voice in what you're doing. And I find a CRM tool is really a good way to keep your customer voice in the forefront. I can go in and see, you know, the sales, the sales representative has talked to this person and they really focused in on these three things and, oh, but those three things actually overlap with the three things this other salesperson is talking about with a totally different client and maybe a totally different industry. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, you're pulling that value from those interactions and you're, you're thinking about, you know, what trends are out there? What are you hearing in the marketplace? Your salespeople are the first people, are the first line to hearing those things. And you need to think about how are you integrating that into your materials? Because, you know, 
you can build a one pager, but if your one pager doesn't change for a year, you maybe want to think about that, right? Like things are constantly changing in the marketplace and you need to be articulating your value in new ways. Um, in terms of some other tools, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the work that I do is in business to business selling. Um, we do a lot on LinkedIn um, and it's not even just, you know, we, it's not just about, you know, running LinkedIn advertisements. It's about, you know, sharing content that is relevant to the, the individuals who are sharing it, um, who are reading it. Um, and it's also about making the right connections through your LinkedIn networks. So, um, you know, we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn with our sales, with our sales representatives. Um, and it's like, you know, what is the opportunity? Should we connect with that person? How are we connecting with them? How are we going to engage with them? And when is the right time to engage with them? I think those are all really important things to think about. Um, and yeah, like I think other platforms like the internet is, is pretty, is really important. I mean, we talk, we do a lot of website work, um, but I think with the scientific realm and the scientific nature of a lot of the things that I'm working on now, there's a big emphasis on um, kind of white papers, on, um, on research that's kind of out in the community and kind of bringing that back in and kind of reassessing our value and kind of pushing it out through our presentations that we're doing for prospects or on LinkedIn um, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't spend that much time on LinkedIn as a wedding photographer, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I most definitely have used it before. For sure. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, right, like Instagram is a great tool for photography and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and everything. Um, but like in the business to business world, when you're doing like business to business selling, it's trying to think, you know, these companies, they have really robust kind of corporate communication strategies that really focus on LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, and trying to share and interact with their content is, is really important. Yeah. I remember hearing a little while ago that um, LinkedIn blog, like when you post a blog post on LinkedIn, that is like incredibly good for you to get attention from the right business businesses that you want obviously yeah. business from, um, because you can really like, I mean, it's just like SEO and posting a blog on your website, but you're directly basically sending it to these specific business people that want that type of content. Uh, and I remember finding that really interesting. I did use LinkedIn a bit more this year for some, um, like, mark. I was like cold emailing <clears throat> businesses yeah. to try and get more jobs and for photo stuff. And I use LinkedIn for that too. But yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, there's so much content being published on LinkedIn every day, and a lot of it is a lot more business focused. Um, and it's interesting because you know. I'll, I'll be reading articles on LinkedIn and I'll see stuff that is being published by a leader in maybe a pharmaceutical company. And a lot of what they're saying is actually resonating with my brand, um, with the brands that I'm working on. And so it's like, you know, I flag that person and say, you know, to the sales guys, like, hey, like, we should probably connect with this individual. Like, they're saying a lot of similar things to what we kind of talk about. And maybe that individual, like, it's about 
it's about relationship building and mm-hmm. um you know even if you make one meaningful introduction introduction it could lead to two more right so yeah kind of just about growing that yeah for sure absolutely and going back to you mentioned C- having a crm i got one last year and it completely changed everything for me yeah yeah totally what so tool do you use i use dubsado oh okay nice. yeah it's like we when i first was looking into it i was looking into it for another company that i was with i've mentioned it on the podcast before fovia and uh philippa maitland she was a guest but yeah and we did so much research we looked into so many and i could not be happier with dubsado for what and i use it for my weddings now um yeah but yeah i love it so much it works perfectly for what i need yeah and and that's so funny too because like so on the um like I, so for one of the companies that I work with, we use Zendesk Cell and we love it. It's still in the early phases, but so far it's been working really well for us. And, you know, the reason why we went with Zendesk is because they also have a bunch of kind of support tools and they have like a whole other bunch of offerings that kind of, that integrate in with Zendesk Cell. But, you know, some of the other companies I'm working with, they want to kind of talk about their CRM but the nature of their business is so different. So even, even like looking at it, you know, I've, I really like Zendesk Cell, but looking at it through another lens of a different business, I might choose actually a totally different tool. Mm -hmm. Makes my life more difficult, but (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day, it's like what it's, what's, it's about what's important to the business. And yeah. 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 I really, I'm happy with Dovesato and they're also newer, like only a couple years old, I think, or a few years old. And they have like, they're doing a bunch of beta testing for like calendars. And so I think it's just going to grow and get that much bigger and better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's awesome to hear that you're using a CRM. Oh, the so, best. But it's like, it's surprising. Like I, I feel like a lot of ind- independent people like yourself, you mm-hmm. know, I don't think they realize the value that it can bring. So that's great yeah. to hear that yeah, you know, sure. you're doing that. And at the end of the day, Josie, when your business grows and you want to bring in new photographers, you'll have your CRM tool all set and ready to go. And it will be so much easier to bring yeah. on new team members. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Eventually I'd love to get like a virtual assistant or something so that they can do all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say something else and I completely forgot, but yeah, no, I love it. It's so good. So helpful for so many different reasons. Um, Just being able to keep track of everything, like you said, I mean, I'm keeping track in a different way, but the same, same really keeping track of invoices, what's been paid contracts. It's so easy. It streamlines it. And I never forget anything now. Whereas before I'd have like, individual yeah. drafts for invoices and it was just such a mess. 30 sticky notes on your yeah. computer screen <laughs> basically basically yeah. yeah and i actually just today export it because you can export all your like clients and you can so i searched 2021 weddings the tag and then i exported that group and then i searched 2022 weddings the tag and then i exported that group and it just like yeah, there's so many layers to what, I mean, this, I'm not even talking about what it actually does, Yeah. but even that alone is just super helpful yeah. to streamlining. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's worth the money. It's worth the money to invest in it. I mean, CRMs are not cheap by any means, no. but I definitely, I definitely see the value there for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, it just means more time for you. Time is money. So either you're spending that time building better relationships with your clients so that you can get more referrals or whatever, upgrade them, just like create a better experience for them or you're using that time too. Yeah. You know, do it by hand. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Legit. So one of my favorite questions to ask is what's one thing that has leveled up your business because you don't own your own business. I feel like Mm -hmm. your answer will kind of, um, that change you can interpret it how you want but something maybe that you see that levels up businesses you work with or something that has leveled up the business you worked for um, yeah yeah I think um yeah so I think there's a couple my a couple thoughts come to mind I think at the end of the day it's about really focusing in on what your goals are what is your business's strategy um, and what is that and what is the time horizon on that strategy is this is this kind of like a five-year is this going to be a five-year plan like what what is that end goal that you're trying to achieve and then building a business plan that supports that and then I think giving ownership of certain elements of the business plan to the people that you work with is also uh, really important. So um, yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, you know, our our leaders or our company owners, they've done this off the side of their desk for, you know, four or five years and they've just done things, right? Um, but once they start growing, it's really a shift in a mentality of, oh, you know, I'm no longer doing invoicing. Like I'm no longer doing some of these mundane tasks, but that frees up their time to be thinking more strategically and kind of building their team and thinking about, you know, their overarching strategies. Um, But yeah, I think, I think a lot of business owners, they forget that it is important, you know, even having a mission. I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, a mission just sits on the, on a bookshelf and collects dust or, you know, building a strategy just sits on a shelf and, collects dust. If that's the case, then your strategy probably doesn't align with your business and you really need to think more about that um, and think more about what those milestones are that you want to achieve on your kind of on your journey to achieving your strategy. Um, And yeah, I think that ownership part is also really important. I think giving people ownership of of those elements is what kind of drives results. So, and it's just about dividing and conquering and no giving people ownership. It's not saying like, you know, they're going to go into a room and come out with a whole, with a whole plan and with a, with a, with the answers, you know, they're going to have to work with the team. It's going to be a very collaborative process still, but at the end of the day, they're the ones accountable to meeting the deadlines. Um, And I think that's really, that's really important. Um, on the other side of things too, I think really taking a step back and thinking about the skills that you need on your team and thinking about, you know, what skills do we already have? What skills, you know, it's not even about, you know, someone can, like anybody can learn anything, right? Like, 
you know, I may be in marketing and operations, but I'm hearing stuff on science. So I could probably learn a bit more about science, but at the end of the day, they probably want me focusing more on marketing and operations. So if they need more science people, then we need to really think about that and bring those people in to have the right skills to be able to do the jobs that we need. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about aligning your strategy with your business plan and aligning your people with your business plan and your strategy. And I think that's what levels things up because I think you will achieve your goals in a year if you have a plan to, if you have a plan in place to work towards them. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what, if any advice would you give to those? Cause I know there's a number of us out there and I've been in this boat many times who are, have no strategy, have no plan, or maybe have only roughly done a business plan. What, it, what do you do when you're creating a business plan? Or what kind of tips or tricks or advice would you have to maybe starting that process? Yeah, for sure. I think it sounds corny, but I do think goal setting is important. I think it's like, you know, yeah, I agree. yeah. Like <laughs> if, if you know, you know, if you know you want to reach X number of revenue by five years, that's a really good goal. Um, and how you achieve that strategy, I mean, it's different in the world of photography versus the world kind of in business to business selling. Like, you know, a lot of tech companies get bought out. And so a lot of tech companies will start and their goal is to get bought out, right? And with that comes a lot of implications. Like there's a lot of things that a tech company can do right away if that's their goal in five years, in five, 10, 15 years, right? Like mm -hmm. there, it, it comes down to just really what is that main goal? What do you want to achieve? Like, um, and I think building the right metrics, like Josie, if you want to be the top wedding photographer in Toronto, like well, who is, who, who, who says that, who is the person that, that says that you're the best wedding, wedding photographer in Toronto? Is that because, mm -hmm. you know, your Google, your Google ratings are the top. And when people search for wedding photography in Toronto, your name is the first name that comes up. Um, is it, you know, is it a magazine that ranks all the wedding photographers in Toronto who kind of is the authority on saying who's the top wedding photographer in Toronto? If that's your goal in five years, I think there, you can look at the brands and you can look at the other companies out there and see what they're doing mm -hmm. and try to do it better than them. And that's kind of, yeah. kind of what you can do to, to think about, you know, what is your strategy? Like, what do you really want to achieve? Yeah. Um, and it's not always about, it's not always about money, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's about, it's just about what you want. Like what, why did you start your business in the first place? Yeah. Right. If it's to make an impact in asthma treatment, or if it's to make an impact in, um, in a specific area, then, you know, how do you define that impact and really think, think about the specifics, right? Mm -hmm. Avoid, mm -hmm. you know, your strategy can be broad, but I think your business plan needs to be specific. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a good little tidbit. Um, yeah. One of the, uh, common themes in, just yeah things I noticed from all of season one is that everyone set goals like almost every single person was like well I set a goal like and it's funny because I'd never thought of goal setting as like that I valued it but I guess not high enough because once I heard that I was like oh this is like a repeating pattern 
that successful people have they set goals and they work towards them so it's just like rewarding and yeah and i do think that putting it in a place that you see it and you know you're constantly checking back like with your team right if you're working with a team of people it's important that you look back to your goals and your business plan and what your metrics are and make sure that you're achieving things and you're constantly assessing why aren't you why aren't you where you are yet Mm -hmm. um it's like what can we do to get back on track or you know strategies can change like maybe it's maybe it's an overarching thing you know it's not a static thing like your strategy your strategy can change but it's just about kind of setting a plan and sticking to it and if you need to change it down the road that's fine but you know it, it, it is important so mm-hmm. yeah for sure I like and i that. think there's and there's tools out there right even your crm can help you with that right yeah so um and you need to align your technology with your people and your business strategies so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah for sure i like that answer um do you have any uh general advice knowing your skill set and expertise um in all things marketing communications and all that um do you have any kind of finishing pieces to end on maybe for business mm-hmm. owners going into 2021 unsure of what the year looks like <laughs> yeah for sure um i think to business owners um I think to business owners, I would say like, you know, this last year has been really hard. Um, Don't give up. There's so much value in what you're doing. I think there's so many, uh, you know, people really rely on the businesses, on small businesses. There's so many small businesses in Canada and they bring so much value to Canada. And I know this last year has been hard. So I think just like keep driving towards your goals as best that you can. This last year was a setback, a major setback for a lot of people and a lot of businesses. But, um, you know, there's so many other companies out there, like there's so many people out there who want to support small business. Um, and, and I think engaging those, the right people in the right ways can definitely help add value in the future for, for businesses as we come out of this pandemic, hopefully in the next couple years. Um, but I think to my advice, I would also like to give some advice to aspiring business owners mm-hmm. uh, because even though I work for small companies right now, I too one day would love to own a business. I would love to lead my own business. You will. Um, I know it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think, I think at the end of the day, my advice for, you know, whether they're students graduating out of university, you know, don't write off small business. You know, I think, in university being a business kid i was taught like oh consulting's the way to go you're going to work for you know one of the big five firms and you know you're going to have a career a 30-year career um and it was so funny because i at the end of university was applying to those jobs and you know like i just wasn't excited about it like i, mm-hmm. I and so many people who are in my circle or who I am connected with, they looked at me and they said, like, oh, like, why? Like, why do you want to yeah. work in a big company? Like, you, you're you so entrepreneurial, you're so creative. And it's yeah. not to say people who work in big companies aren't those things. It's just, it's just a very different environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, like, to students, I would say, don't write off small businesses. Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and 
by the way, you'll get to do things that, like I've gotten to be in rooms with executives of big companies who were selling our tech to, and I know if I was at a major consulting firm, I would probably have to wait 10 years to ever even have that opportunity, Yeah. right? So yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, there's, there's so much opportunity out there, out there for, for aspiring business owners. And, um, and yeah, I think it's just staying connected and, you know, really nurturing, nurturing your relationships can kind of lead to really good partnerships and collaborations in the future. So. Yeah, for sure. That's a great uh, piece of advice. Um, nurturing your long-term high school friendships too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I've, I've made I've made a couple photography requests. So <laughs> you have it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us your wonderful advice and wisdom. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Josie. I've been a big supporter of the podcast since day one. So <laughs> you have number one fan right here. <laughs> yeah, keep doing it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everything coming from Josie Nicole Photography in the next Thanks. year. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at What the Business Podcast. See you at the next episode.